Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight to recap uh, LAFC's performance in CCL is Josh Cacho. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I mean, if we keep getting spoiled like this, I'm gonna, I'm just going to go rotten at this point <laughs> because, again, this... You know, even even in performances where they haven't, you know, they've under, I don't even underperform is the right word, right? Where they, they get a draw in Seattle, they, they draw at Colorado. I'm still not mad about it, right? And because the the highs are so much, are so high, right? And, and this is another example of that. It's like, you know, obviously you go into Vancouver, you get the job done, then you come back here and continue the onslaught. And again, for as much as we can, you know, people will probably try to downplay how well this, how good of a victory this was, right? Obviously, you know, you're always going to get the naysayers if you're LAFC. Vancouver has been a solid team in league. They have put up a ton of goals in the last month and a half and failed to score any against LAFC. Well, and, and that's putting up a ton of goals without their act, their main target in Brian White actually scoring mm. a lot of goals, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're doing it in multiple ways. They, they've they looked better in this instant than they have in, in you know, in a while, um, you know, because obviously we're used to Vancouver being somewhat of a bottom feeder team. But again, like, don't, you know, I guess the league, the league would be, it's there's a word that I'm looking for that's on the tip of my tongue, but it's like they're doing them a disservice to discount. You know, if you're going to discount what they're doing, you know, how well they've actually been playing um, just because LAFC just wrecked them. Mm -hmm. Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I definitely feel like Vancouver is going to get a bit hard done by the result. It's and like you said, LAFC is kind of a buzzsaw right now. Right. Like, they had two games where they didn't score any goals, but they didn't concede any in Colorado and, and Seattle. And then they just come out and drop uh, three on Austin, three on Vancouver and Lake one, three again on Vancouver and Lake two. Um, and it's just, it's just an onslaught. Uh, I tweeted this out before we got on, but the last team to score on LAFC was Dallas to start off this whole, uh, five game stretch that you know we kind of talked about dreading. The team before that was Alajuelense that scored two, and the team before that was Portland that put up two on opening day. Um, so through all these matches that they've played, they've only given up five goals, uh, and that's only in three different games, right? So it's like that defensively, this team is uh, it's it's a different type of animal. And we're not talking about LAFC going up against bad teams, right? They've they've had a pretty tough schedule, you know, as tough as you can, at least in in both CCL and and in league play. Um, Dallas, Seattle, right? Like these are these are good teams, at least in the Western Conference. Uh, I mean, Seattle's the one that helps put an end to the whole St. Louis craze, right? Uh, and you can guarantee that we'll see them in the playoffs. Um, so their defensive soundness, and now the goals are are back again after a, a brief lull. But uh, this team is flying high, Josh, and it, I, I I don't know what stops them other than a crazy uh, 
set of coincidences on Sunday against Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, El Traficos are never predictable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you, for all we know, it's going to end up being like nine seven or something weird <laughs> scoreline that has no business. You know, like yeah, it has no business being that way, but just happens to go because it's the nature yeah. of El Trafico. Let's put it and, into context here or into perspective. There are people in LA Galaxy Twitter talking about a potential Zlatan return in the next five days to come in and play for <laughs> for Galaxy. Get like that. And to be honest, like it wouldn't actually be that if if that happened, it would be like, oh, they signed him, the other club released him. Um yeah, that's how that's how El Trafico goes, right? It's just madness all the time. Yeah. I it's mean, not gonna happen, but still <laughs> like that's it's just plausible enough in this bizarre this bizarre rivalry that, that LAFC are in. Yeah. I mean, again, when you look at the overall big picture, it's clear to see who's winning it. But it again, we you can never it's it's never a game I'm ever going to put money on. No, point. no. Right? Just because, again, nothing makes sense. Um, you know, but to get back to what what they're doing, obviously, it's a, you know, we're still early on in the season. You know, we, we, we hope that they can continue to stay healthy. Right? Those are, those are, that's truly one of the, they're going to be their biggest obstacles. But this team is only going to get better. Right? And yeah. you, you're, you know, you haven't even, got in Bogut's into the into the fold fully because I, I believe that they're still waiting on um work permit visa stuff um hmm. before he he fully gets vetted into the squad uh, but you're getting him in an initial window right which you don't often get usually yeah. usually that occurs in the what's it called usually you get that in the summer window and then you have limited time to get to get you know, to get into the full, you know, to get into the stick of things before playoffs. But in this instance, get him in early, right? And then the last roster piece that you're likely going to deal with is going to be, you know, a veteran guy somewhere, you know, some is likely some some kind of veteran that's going to put it all together. Right? Yeah. Um, if you move on, you know, Sifu or um, now it seems like Mahala is getting some looks as well. Yeah. Right? With the yeah. reports that came out Just today. Just came out today, yeah. Right, and so if you're looking at those those two guys as possible, you know, potentially leaving, you know, again, the fix is gonna is likely gonna be something comparable, right, at this point, um, yeah. because it's you're gonna get enough of a return that it makes sense, and so and you know, and Twaman keep, does keep teasing, right, a big signing at the nine and so on and so forth, and yep. so things bode well, right? Like, I, I mean, again. Hats off to the front office for putting together, you know, the, a heck of a roster and a heck of a team, um, you know, and, and you again, you just hope they can continue to sustain it and continue to do the thing because the it only it the future only looks bright, right? And yeah. obviously, you you worry about are you are you using too much energy early on, right? In in which is the case in a lot of these. Um, what's it called situations in the case of a lot of CCL situations. But look, if you look at that sideline and look, look at the coaches tonight, right? Someone screenshot the the tea party that the, the, 
the coaches were having yeah. during this game, it doesn't come across as a team that's going to to peak too early. Mm. Yeah. Um. But I mean, all 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 systems go at this point. It, LFC almost seemed to be on autopilot, <laughs> like you said, with the coaches just hanging out and the team performing really well. Uh, let's get into the game for tonight. Carlos Vela has a brace. Uh, Sifu scores a great goal in the second half, which is like, I, I if anybody needed a goal, it's him. Uh, I think technically outside the box, which I think is his first outside the box goal for, uh, for LAFC, despite all of his shots. Uh, who knew the secret, Josh, was just to add a Cruyff turn and a left-footed shot, and all of a sudden those those long-range shots would start falling. Uh, happy for him. I, again, I, I feel like he really needed that one to get himself going. Um, you could see it meant a lot to him and the rest of the team, too, based on the way everybody celebrated. For, I mean, the scary thing is, if if these two are finally starting to find their, their rhythm, good yeah. luck. Yeah. Right? Because what people fail to forget or what people are f- failing to failing remember, to remember, failing to remember, right, is that they've done this largely on, you know, Buanga, Tillman, Mahala, etc. Right, like yeah. Vela, yeah. I think has what one, one or two goals in in league play. Uh, I think maybe one. Yeah. Right, and if he's going to score again, picks you know. Uh, Buanga picks up the penalty on that first one. But on that second goal, if that's the run that you're going to get from Carlos Vela on a regular, not even on a regular basis, on an occasional basis, mm-hmm. that's trouble. Yeah. Right? Because we just haven't seen it, right? The run that he's typically been making is just kind of floating inside, picking the ball at feet, picking his spots. But if he adds another dimension to him when he's willing to make that run, it's going to be really tough to now shut him down, right? Because yeah. it just because again, Carlos is that good. His his first touch is that is that good, and his uh, his ability to ride off tackles, right, is probably one of his best attributes. So if he's going to be able to pick up floated balls there, and and that, and the crazy thing is, we have the personnel to now do it do that fairly regularly. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a classic false nine move right there, right? Where striker drops in, pulls a center back out of place, balls in the midfield, and that diagonal run comes in. It's well angled. It's well timed. I would say perfectly timed so that he ends up one on one with the keeper by the time the ball gets there, but he was always on side, right? One touch off the chest, dies in front of his foot, boom, back of the net. So, yeah, if if this is something that you can lean into, especially with even a more credible false nine, fingers crossed in in the fall or in in this in the summer, then man, that sky's the limit because now you have Carlos finding a new way to score, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Where it's not it's not requiring a, a lung busting run to get in behind. He doesn't have to carry the ball thirty five yards for a solo goal. It's just let Ilya find him in space as the defense chases Boanga and X striker, <laughs> whoever yeah. that may be. Well, yeah. and then that's the thing, right? We we knew, right? We've always talked about Vela's walking gravity, 
right? Yeah. That, that my yeah. favorite stat of them all because it, you can see how much attention he just does draw, right? But obviously that that shine has, you know, like his his that gravity right has pulled back a little bit, right? It, it is not nearly as attractive as as, as it once was in 2019. Well, because right. right now, in terms of gravity, you have like a giant black hole in with Bawanga on the other side, right? Absolutely. Where it's just, what do you, you are you going to leave him 1v1? Like, good luck. And so now it becomes pick your poison, right? And again, yeah. the question with Carlos a lot of times is what what is he willing to do, right? Mm-hmm. But a happy Carlos and a fit Carlos is the most dangerous of all Carlos fellas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and both of those seem to be the case at the moment, right? Seems yeah. to be happy with his his role, happy with, you know, again, funny thing is, obviously, he was MVP, he showed out, did all his things. I'm not entirely sure he's comfortable being that guy. Being in the spot, being like the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And having to do yeah. interviews and answer questions and do all those things. Like, you know, obviously, he does his, you know, what is required of him. But, Carlos Vela always seemed like a guy that's perfectly content to be Scottie Pippen. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you're a top fifty you're you're you you have the recognition of being a top fifty guy. You play like it, but you don't have to you don't it doesn't take any of the needed criticism that comes along with being the number one. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, not to say that he has he's still not that guy, but Right now, like I said, it seems he seems to be happy to let Buanga take the majority of the press while he, you know, just drops dimes from the middle of the field. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other th- other things from tonight. I mean, the midfield looked good. I felt like I felt like they were allowing Carlos to to rest his legs a bit, uh, and especially at the beginning of the game, I felt like the midfield was trying to to cover for him not always pressing or, or coming back. And they, were, they had some success switching the ball in behind him and in front of Hollingshead, uh, who started right back tonight. Um, but again, solid midfield with Ilya Acosta and and uh, Tillman. And I felt like once Sifu came in, he had a much better game than he did last, um, last week. Uh, so, I mean, really no complaints from the midfield. The ball, again, from Ilya to Carlos is just class. Um, and then the back line continues to be really, really defensively solid. Uh, as the game wore on and Vancouver became more desperate, sending more and more pressure, you saw LAFC struggle to build out um, and just lumping more balls forward. Uh, anytime Long is in the is in the the lineup, that's always going to be a problem. Um, Interesting pressing trigger for Vancouver tonight was that it was the ball from Long to Murillo that they would press. Um, If I had to guess, it's because they know that ball is not going to be weighted real well. It's not going to be super accurate. Murillo is going to have to manage a little bit of Aaron Long's deficiencies as that ball arrives. But that was something that was really interesting to me. Maybe and maybe it's just because they know that Mario's might try and play a more aggressive pass, or they can, you know, he's more likely to play it forward in the air, and they can pick off that ball. Um, whereas Aaron Long is perfectly content just to keep passing sideways, 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 backwards, sideways, sideways. Um, but 
I thought it was interesting that they would that they would press Mario off of the pass from Long. Did you do you have any other ideas on why they might do that? I mean, that's that's mine. Is that they're just Mario's going to be under added pressure because the ball is coming from Long. I mean, let's be, under pressure. Mario did play that hospital ball too. Yeah, you know to Crapo. So it's yep. again. I think if you're Vancouver, right, you kind of pick. You just kind of decide between either one. Maybe maybe they. It could also be that maybe that's where they're more effective with their press. Could be, you know, yeah. And, they, and, they, you know, somebody's and, somebody's landing behind on, in the cover. Yeah. Uh, on the on the left side of their formation, could be. And yeah. and in absence of, in absence of Chiellini. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's another. It may that may be another thing. And also, you have to think. It also may be because they knew if Vela's playing that high then Holling's head is going to be in a different position and can mm. also be caught out too. So yeah, I think yeah. earlier in the game, you saw, again, we, we talked about how Vela was just, you know, was was kind of just hanging out. And again, they're, they're kind of giving him that most salad treatment where he's just kind of hanging on that right-hand side, up super high, not really asked to come back, you know, too far deep or anything along that line. Um, and so... That my guess is that that's probably a little bit more of his yeah, you know, on that left yeah. side. It's going to be more compact. Kiki's going to track back a little bit more. Um, the the midfielder is going to get be, be down there and a little bit more. Buanga's you know buzzing around doing his thing. Yeah. Versus on that right hand side, it's going to be a lot more expanded. So yeah, if I mean get that him Buanga being being on that side is is actually another good point because it might be the way to keep Buanga from getting on the ball early. Mm-hmm. You don't. You just. You sheep, you sheep dog. This is a term that I use with my kids when I want them to like guide the ball to one side, like with with some passive pressure. They sheep dog it to the right side of the formation uh, to keep it from Bowanga because Bo- at this point, I think Bowanga is more scary on the dribble than than Carlos is, right? Um, so that, that's a that's a good point. Um, I did want to bring one thing up in observation watching Aaron Long more. Again, most of his passes are going to be sideways or backwards. Uh, he's more than happy to invite a bunch of pressure and then dump that pressure off to the center back or fullback next to him by just like, here, you deal with it. Uh, he will play a third line pass. What I mean by that is through pressure, right? So in positional play terms, there's a first, second, and third line pass. First line pass is just behind, right? Just the guy next to you. Second line is a guy that's on a diagonal, so kind of a round pressure, and third line is straight through. Um, it's just the language of positional play. That's why that's why we talk about it in these terms. Uh, but he never plays the ball at the right weight. It's 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 never played into the midfield with any sort of pace, so that the midfielder can turn on the ball. It's always a bit of a hospital ball which causes that ball to then be recycled back. Um, again, if you if you give a guy like Ilya this ball, who's bit, who grew up in the Barca Academy, right, the Barca system, if you leave a pass short, it's communicating to him implicitly, you have pressure coming from behind you. I'm leaving this short. Just go ahead and play it back to me, right? That's what you're communicating. Whereas if you play it to one side firm, it's communicating through the pass without saying anything. Hey, you can turn to your right. You can turn to your left. You can you can take this and go, um, and that's the kind of stuff where when I watch him play, I'm like, I don't know. Like, does he know that? 
he's communicating that. I don't know if he is or not. But again, it, this is with a lot of American players, right? It's not just picking on Aaron Long. It's just American players in general don't grow up in this kind of system, don't grow up in this with this kind of instruction. Um, so it's interesting to watch guys like Tillman and Ilya, who did grow up in a, that kind of system, and how they deal with this and how it's an interesting clash of cultures almost where like if Aaron long doesn't understand what he's doing and like he doesn't understand what he's communicating to them and Tillman and Ilya just keep playing the ball back to him. I don't know. I would love to ask them that question. Like, Hey, what do you think about these passes are in? I don't know. I would just love to pick their brain on that and see what's going through their mind. Yeah. I mean, obviously when you, when he came through the, the you know the energy drink football system. I think it came originally from Portland, right? Was it? Or maybe it was maybe even Seattle, but I think he was on Timbers too, and then made it over to Red Bulls. Let me check. Mm. But um, you know, but regardless, I feel like it's one of those these situations where it's like before Walker Zimmerman came to LAFC, was he known for being a guy who was capable of playing it out the back? Uh, I mean, Dallas is a better academy than those other teams, but for sure. But he was, yeah. I mean, he was, he's, he wasn't that guy. I mean, he, he seemed to be somewhat of like a, not a throwaway, but a guy that wasn't, that wasn't who they were counting on to be that guy to play the ball from the back when they signed. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And with time eventually got to be that guy again, he maybe he's not going to be Chiellini. Right. Mm-hmm. But he was eventually more than capable with time in the system. I'm actually not sure that's what Trundle is asking from him. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it is. It's and he it, he'd be wise not to ask that from him. Yeah, you know, versus I think Bob would have demanded it. Yeah, early, you yeah. know, in in and maybe to a fault. Um, but I think given given how Trundle has kind of approached some of these these situations where you know we've we've seen him have a basic philosophy but largely get out of the way and yeah. let and yeah. let talent do its thing if if you're going to if we're, if we're going to evaluate Aaron Log and what is he excellent at right it's it's aerial duels it's it's straight up defending those types of things it was it was right? great defensively against Vancouver like mm-hmm. really really solid in all his 1v1 duels yeah and again i think he's becoming I think he's even better in the system than he was in energy drink soccer because, again, the LAFC's current press isn't frenetic. Yeah, he's right? not. He's it's not, not even, left isolated or yeah. trying to defend the halfway line. Right. It's not even. It's not even as frenetic or as bad as the national team's defense, which he often gets isolated in that in the same way. Yeah. Right. It's a lot. Their their line of confrontation is a lot further back, and also tends to be a lot more passive. If you will, um, maybe that's not the right word, but it's definitely it's definitely a lot more conservative. I think is probably the the better yeah. way to put it, and I think that that plays well for for Aaron Long because mm-hmm. again, it allows him to to be the best version of himself. And I think you know that's the thing that I've admired about Trenlo so far. And I think I think maybe it's just because we got burned out with Bob trying to force guys. In the situations, and then 
them fail miserably at said situations. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a bit refreshing to see Trinello kind of take that Phil Jackson approach of, you know, you're going to, you know, here's here's the base system, mm-hmm. right? You're going to to do certain things to elevate certain guys, right? And I think you've you've seen that from a cheeky, right? Those are yeah. the guys that I think yeah. he's he's really influenced a lot more heavily and and probably taking a more a more firm handed approach in terms of their development. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, get out of the way of a talent like Danny Buanga. Get out of the way of a talent like Chicho. Get out of the way, you know, of a Carlos Vela, you know. And then obviously. You, still never leave them satisfied, right? He's still demanding more, still ask for certain things, especially on the defensive end. Because again, I think those guys are going to give you everything they can on the offense. And if you can squeeze 15, an extra 10, 15% more effort from them on the defensive end, now you really have a team that clicks, right? Um, we've often looked at a Manchester City or 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 Liverpool as the the comps for LAFC. I think City has been, I don't remember who it was that posted up that meme where it was like the Galaxy had become United and then City and LAFC Mm, were the comparison. Yeah. To me, based on what I've seen as of late, this, this, this LAFC team has more Ancelotti, Zidane, Real Madrid vibes than anything else. Mm -hmm. Right? Where it's like, they have a way of playing we're not quite exactly sure what that is. It's not a defined style. Like, tell me what Real Madrid under Zidane were excellent at. I in mean, the counter-attacking. way that, it's, yeah, in yeah, in the way that's like in, always Madrid, right? right? That's, in the that's way the in the way yeah. that in the way that Pep defines his teams as yeah, these, yeah, you know, right. ultra possessive, ultra possession teams, and so on and so forth. You don't get the same vibe from this LAFC team, mm-hmm. right? In fact, they they they're happy to allow that possession to go the other way at times. I guess in some ways, now that you're that now that you bring it up, it's interesting because this is how this is how a, a large portion of European teams operate, right? Where it is a more uh, there to go back to Mourinho, right? There are principles in place. This is how we do things. This is what we do. But tactics can change game to game. And in this game, we might be totally fine setting a a different line of confrontation, pulling back in a shell and parking the bus just a bit, counterattacking down this side. So it does make me wonder almost like if there if that's part of that's part of it is hey, we have these principles and we'll change them game by game as, as needed. Yeah. Not the, I mean, not the, the principles, the tactics. but the tactics, yeah. 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 You know, and I think I said I think the those principles are they're going to be extremely sound defensively, right? They're yeah. they don't they don't seem to overstep. They're not overly aggressive, right? They're a bit conservative in their approach, especially early on in games. Um, you know, and then again, they are out of control on the counter. Yeah. Right. And yeah. again, like even even guys like Mahala, who you know who have struggled at times to. You know, who struggled as of late, right? But today, even in the last game, like he's made a couple turns now that that you can see the progress. You can see why Bordeaux is looking at him, right, and saying, "Hmm, this yeah. is the guy that has potential." Yeah. Because for 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 him to be able to make that turn, get into open space, and then make make something of it, 
you know, play a ball into an on-running, on-coming runner, you know, Bwanga up, up the up the wing, and then now make the run into the box, you know, it it bodes well. Yeah. Right. And I think it when you look at what Dolo's done, and again, all credit to JT as well for be, putting the roster around him. Mm-hmm. You know, I I do think there's something to be said about what what has actually won. You know what? What systems have ultimately won the majority of trophies over the yeah. you know over the last fifteen twenty years? Right. Yeah. I, I. I mean, what could you possibly complain about? You know, we've had a bit of a of a positional play lesson on Aaron Long and his passing abilities, uh, but at the same time, like he he does the job defensively. And LAFC, you're still able to build out. You know, it gets him in a couple bad spots tonight. But again, you're talking about the third or possibly even fourth choice center back at this point. So what do you really like? There's there's nothing to complain about, really. It's it's all been great so far. Yeah. Um, well, and and they're smart enough that when they do get into trouble, you just see them kick it out of bounds, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Kick it out of yeah. bounds. Give give everyone time to get back and recover, it, and then go from there. Versus how many times do we see guys try to do too much inside your own, like, inside your own 18? Yeah. Get your pocket yeah. picked, and then next thing you know, like, you're screwed, right? Like, I just don't see the same level of mental mistakes that we've seen previously. Yeah, right? and they, I mean, they, it probably comes back a lot. It, again, if I was to put on my sports psychologist hat that I don't own, um, and bring it back to like Steve, I have to imagine his more, uh, calm approach where it's just like, let these guys figure it out. Let them do the thing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to harp on every last decision and every last technique that they, that they use. Um, let's let them be professionals a little bit more. And I think that's, I, I would have to imagine that has something to do with it. Right. Um, and it looks like everybody on the team is, in great spirits. It looks like everybody's having a ton of fun doing what they're doing. They're happy for each other. There's not, there's no sort of like, Oh, well, then he scored all the goals today and I didn't get any, you know, there's no, there's none of that kind of jealousy or, or spite on the team. So, uh, again, hats off to, to Steve for getting it right in terms of team chemistry and culture. Uh, anything else from tonight, Josh? I mean, I, Again, there's not a whole lot. They just ran roughshod all over them. So. No, I mean, and the, I think the funny thing is this team has been a lot harder to dissect tactically because, I, like you're saying, it tends, to, it tends to be a little bit more fluid. Yeah. And But at the same time, it is, in, it is pretty interesting to look more into the, the philosophy and psychology yeah. of what they're doing because, again, I think they're, they're, when you have a team this talented, you can work at that level. Right, you yeah. don't need to harp and pick on some of these things when you're playing from a winning position. I guess the only other thing I'll bring up tactically was uh, we had a question tweeted at the show handle about um, why Ilya is pushing so far up in the press. We saw this last week with um, uh, Sifu coming out of the midfield into like a four-two-four shape. To, to join the forwards in the press. I think this is something that they love to do. They love to bring a midfielder up out of the midfield and press somewhere. They, they love to use it as an extra defensive body, right? Um, 
one thing that I noticed was if the ball would go into the six, Vancouver six, that is, then Acosta and Tillman or Sifu and later Tillman would uh, would cut off the passing lanes, like the outlet passes for the six, Vancouver, again, Vancouver six. And then you'd see uh, Ilya or later Acosta step up and actually pressure the ball carrier, right? So it's almost like you're setting a trap and then adding the pressure to see where it goes. You know, if you win the ball off of him directly, great. Or if you do nothing else, then force a bad pass that a fullback or a center back can win, then now you've got possession. So, I mean, in terms of like little tactical things, that's that's really the only new thing that I noticed tonight. But anyway. Yeah. Um, all that being said, Josh, let's get into some questions as it is late. And uh, I know you got a flight to catch in the morning. Uh, first one at Yo-Yo Torre. Sloppy game. Final 30 minutes was ugly football. I mean, Vancouver was pushing hard, man. Like they were, they were, they were, they had to go for goals. Right. And then once we got a couple LAFC, were fine to just kind of see it out, take chances when they were there on the counter. And Vancouver just had to keep sending more and more pressure. Uh, follow up tweet there. Want LAFC to play Atlas to have ex- to have an excuse to go to Mexico and party. Nothing cool about Chester. LOL. Josh, are you excited to go to Philadelphia or not? I mean, it's it's always nice to watch them lose again. It's like <laughs> in the last what is it the the most losing city in the last year. Mm, yeah, I mean, they've like sports. been to every. They like went to every professionals championship and lost them all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 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 worst that could happen this year is if Philly, if you know, the Sixers somehow make it to the finals and then get beat again. Also, mm, yeah, we're just icing on the cake. But yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's always going to be tough going up against Philadelphia, right? They're well coached. They're a good team. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm a little less afraid of them than I think I was previously. They haven't been great this year. Yeah. No. You know, and I think I think that the the CCL fatigue has hit them much harder than it has LAFC. Yeah, I um, agree. Because I think LAFC is you know again, this is where the the roster spend pays dividends mm-hmm. as opposed to you know what what they've done in terms of having guys that probably aren't quite ready to step up into that moment. And then you have yeah. to play guys like Gazdag probably a little bit more than you want to, Yeah, you know, and then you're in a, in a tough situation. Now, speaking of which Philly got in trouble for cheating. Did you see this that they were picking off and like signing players from other academies? Oh yeah. Underhandedly. Ernst Tanner, man, Ernst Tanner, free invitation on the show, Ernst to come and answer for your crimes. Yeah. I mean, you reap what you sow. Yeah. Right? And then they also got in trouble today for posting some somewhat off-color meme. A lot of that going around today. Did you did you get the email from US Soccer about Becky Sauerbrunn? Mm-mm. All right. I'm going to leave it at that because it I'll was it, back and look at When it. I got the when I got the first email I was like, "What the what are you guys doing?" Yeah. And I was just, you know, whatever, US Soccer. I just kind of ignored it as I ignore most things from US soccer because they're so awful. But then six hours later there was an apology email sent and I was like, yep, sounds about right. Like 
<laughs> they finally asked somebody in the know and got corrected. Um, anyway, just dumb, 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 dumb. Um, all right, at Daniness, I love our coaching triumvirate. So triumvirate being Steve Chirundolo, uh, Mark Dos Santos, and Ante Razov. And yeah, that like I think Josh put it best. We're just always having a tea party, right? Mm-hmm. Just on the sidelines, just like, hanging out. Couldn't be bothered. This, this is what happens when you have a good organization from top to bottom. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. as as a coach. I always find it really interesting to see how teams who have whose culture is to yell and to scream and to be demonstrative how their outcomes generally look to the teams that tend to be a little bit more reserved, right? Mm. Because like I said, I'm not a yeller. But you, you know I'm having a conversation with that referee on my sideline the entire game. Right? Yeah. And yeah. it's friendly and it's jovial and you know but, but again like who from a psychological perspective, whoever responds to that demonstration, no one, right? Who's going to respond positively to it? I'm not going to give you a call because you're jumping around on the sideline like an idiot, right? Mm. And I think, and your team doesn't often respond to that as well, or as much as you would think it would. Like, you know, again, the rah-rah guy, guys often get a lot of the the press, right? Because it's cool on film and so on and so forth. Let me pump you up and da 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 da, but, and again, I think there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think I think there's definitely, I think if it's you, then it's you. Like I look at I look at a guy like Diego Simeone, right? I wouldn't want that guy any other way. Like, mm-hmm. do your thing. Like that's, but that's who you are, right? Yeah. Just don't fake it. But then and I also it, look at a guy like Simeone, and it's like, what does he really want? Well, I'm sure, but. You're talking about a league where you're up against Barcelona and Madrid all the time. I mean, he's taken Atletico Madrid has taken huge steps under like, for sure, under for sure. Simeone, right? Um, so he's won like the long war, right? Yeah, not all but the individual battles. To me, a lot of times you can that that it gets you. It does get you somewhere, right? But in those same battles against teams that have been there before and also it tends to wear thin over the course of time right grown men get tired of getting yelled at by other grown men yeah i mean i mean jose Mourinho would be the other one right mm-hmm. where animated guy wins plenty but also has to move more frequently mm-hmm. than other guys right so yeah and again i'm not i'm not trying to say that everyone needs to be a touchy you know especially you shouldn't be touchy but <laughs> keep your hands yourselves yeah um, you don't need to always be the empathetic coach either. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. not to say that that empathetic approach is always what works well. Cause sometimes you do need to be a little bit more harsh. Yeah. Yet at the same time, I think there's, I think I, what I, what I, what I really want is a person that has a high EQ. Yeah. For me, it's, it's that it's, you want, you want somebody that's intelligent enough to be intentional Mm-hmm. with the way that they with their own comportment right yeah i but then also I understand what the moment calls needs, for i need i realize my team needs to be hyped right now so i'm going to hype them up i realize that my team needs to come back within themselves and stop playing with their head their heads on fire so i'm going to be the zen master right um i mean that's like leadership 101 but yeah anyway 
also make it natural. Keep your hands to yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shoulder to shoulder, Atlas or Philly. Who do you want next, Josh? We kind of answered this, but. Yeah. Again, like. Honestly, I kind of want to go through Philly to get there because, again, there's no questions. There are there's no questions to be asked when it's all said and done. Right? You know, because they don't go through a Mexican team and like yeah, because lead up Atlas to the finals. Atlas is so bad. I mean, they I mean they're missing like their best player, you yeah. know, a couple of their starters. Yeah. You know, they've they're they've fallen off since they're you know the coach left for the national team. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's a bunch of different things that are moving against Atlas. That's fair. That's fair. right. So. To you know, again, I, I want to hear. You know, I don't want to hear that as an excuse. You know, um, I want to. I want again. It's like, do you want to go through Tigres? Do you want to go through Club America in you know yeah. twenty nineteen? Yeah, because again, yeah. that's how you know. You know, it's like you know that's how like, you prove it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like growing up a Laker fan in Northern California, I always wanted <laughs> to make sure that we beat the Sacramento Kings. Yeah on your way to the next championship because again I that meant I could spend all summer talking trash. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Because they, they you know, like, oh, you can't say, oh, we got someone got hurt and then you got lucky on your road or whatever. No, we went through the toughest possible road to get there. Yeah. Right. Same thing with you know, that's why I appreciated LAFC's cup win last season. Right. You went through Austin, you went through Galaxy, you went through Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Who has questions about what you did now? Right, right, right. There's nothing to be said, at, you know, to, to, at that point, because yeah. again, they did what they came in, and you know, it wasn't just oh, we beat who was in front of us, right? And yeah. No, we we faced a, probably one of the toughest roads to get there, and and still were able to come out on top. That shows how good you were. Yeah, I guess for me, it's like I, I, there's neither one is as simple as it may seem, right? You still have to go to Mexico to play Atlas. You still have to go through what has been for several years now a solid Philadelphia side. Um, so there, you can you can answer a lot of questions by going to Philly and beating them, um, but it's not a given, right? Uh, Mike Beats on the next one says, "I kind of rather not see Philly in the semis," and like I get it, I get it, like. There, there's some serious unknowns there, right? Um, we beat them on goal differential in uh, for for the shield, and then took had to you know had to go into extra time into the 128th minute of regulation to get a tie, and then beat them in a shootout. So I think uh, if they can, if you know, if you catch Philly on a good day, they'll beat the brakes off you, right? Now, I also think this is a different LAFC team that is not conceding goals and is very hard to play against. And any team right now looking across the 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 uh, tournament table and seeing LAFC is intimidated. I don't think there's anybody left in CCL that wouldn't be at least somewhat intimidated by, by LAFC. Uh, next one, Justin33W. Vela must have drank a can of Rockstar or two because he was everywhere tonight, played the full 90, and really showed how much he wanted it. The most impressive part for me was his defensive display tonight, especially in the first half. I thought he was our right back for the first half. He was doing a fair a fair amount of this. Once uh, once Vancouver would work the ball into the defensive third, he'd come back and you know he'd cover on the wing or whatever. Um, he, looked, he looked good tonight. Uh, happy to see him get some goals, too. 
Yeah, I mean, he again, an engaged Carlos Vela is all you can really ask for because that talent yeah. speaks for itself. It's just whether yeah. or not, you know, he's in the right frame of mind to go off. And if he's if he's being able to ramp it up to that point. And this is, this again, he's won MLS Cup. He's won Supporter Shield. This is, this is the big one now for him, yeah. right? And so, you know, I think you're going to get an extra level of effort from him because this is, this is now the last one that cements his legacy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, a competition with all the league MX teams as well. Like I think, I do think this one is important to him. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Tom Camilleri's next. If Dolo let everyone play wherever they wanted in the second half, how do they line up? Mario is declaring himself point guard and Vela's just hanging out in right field. These are the questions you ask after six O aggregates. Um, I I think Mario wants to place him right back where he can where he can drive that ball forward. It's he's there's probably four or five times in the last two games where he's like, you know what? Fine, I'm taking all the space on the dribble. I don't care. And you see him, you know, a little Ronaldo chop back to the inside as he gets covered up on the on the wing, right? And trying to play inside passes with his left foot that don't come off. But uh he's dangerous enough. He's dangerous enough down that wing. I think he could uh, I think he could do a job there if he had to. Yeah, but it's it's a but that's where I think it's a masterclass from the coaching staff, right? Because it's allowing allowing those little things in those moments, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That keep guys engaged, right? Like sometimes you gotta have a little fun, and watching him go down there and do his thing, it's gonna be something about that they're gonna be able to laugh about in the locker room, and you know, mm. go from there. Like I said, it's you would. It it seems small, but could mean a lot in the long run. Yeah, for a guy that often gets pinned, you know, and we were pretty harsh on him at times, especially, you know, in the down those down couple of years, right? Who is who is probably the guy to make a mistake when given, yeah, given the you know He's given the roster for a couple, there, yeah, right. So you know to to allow him to go and do his thing and to to you know be able to enjoy his football. You know, I think it's a, I think that you're winning on multiple levels there. Yeah. Yeah. Last one is from Lionel Hutzat from Cheap Seat. Love what I see from Duenas on the pitch. He gets absolutely no respect from the referees, but it doesn't deter him. Even a bit of a nasty streak shown by him getting a little revenge on Burhalter. Um, hard to say. I, I really didn't see a good camera angle of, of the, of the tackle. It looked like it was, like it probably should have been a penalty. I don't think VAR is interested in picking that up given the circumstances. Uh, it was a long, it was a long video review. Um, and again, as Lionel mentions, it's, it's off of him getting up and tracking down Berhalter and taking him down to stop play, to initiate the video review too, uh, which is like a, a, a cool level of awareness for an 18 year old Academy product. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he, moved well you know he's he's in good spots he's moving the ball quickly um he seems to be like somebody who you could reliably use to help kill off games like this uh which is a great way to help save some legs down the stretch and you know it leaves leaves uh, a little bit of promise on the table for for the future yeah you know they must see something right because again of all the young guys he's the guy that's that's getting yeah. that that little yeah. bit of run. So, you know, again, it's 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 
a positive sign to see someone making that move because again i think like you're saying you when you want to compete on multiple fronts those are the guy kind of guys especially major league soccer that you need to be able to come good yeah yeah absolutely all right that's it for tonight josh you got anything else no enjoy this one before the the craziness of whatever el trafico brings yeah, we will talk to you all again Sunday night after El Trafico. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore. Follow me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. L.A.C. Josh on Twitter. We will talk to you all at the end of the week. Good night. Good night.